Welcome back, pool fans from across the country and around the world. You're listening to American Billiard Radio. My name is Mr. Bond. I'll be your host once again this week. It is August the 15th, 2015. Today's show is brought to you in part by Tweeten Fiber Company of Chicago, Illinois, makers of Master Talk, Elk Master Tips, and a whole host of other great accessories for your game made right here in the USA. And what's going on in the headlines this week? Well, you know, we just had the wrap-up of the World Pool Masters competition, and Shane Van Boning walked away with the title again. This is his second time, and he's the only person in the history of the event to be able to do that. So hats off to Shane for his accomplishment. Uh, I'm sure it wasn't an easy uh, task running through the field like that. And uh, what else is going on? Well, if you live in a cave, maybe you didn't know it, but uh, Turning Stone, Turning Stone 24 is beginning right now as we speak. Go over to azbilliards.com for the free stream. Check out all the action right there. Not a penny. Get the whole thing from from tonight until Saturday. So great field, lots of great pool going on there. You don't want to miss that. And, of course, the price is right. And, dun-da-da-dum, the World Cup of Pool. It's coming up. It's coming up in another month or so, September the 22nd. And they just announced the teams that are going to be uh, lined up for the World Cup of Pool that is being uh, held by Matchroom Sport. And uh, from the United States, representing us, the home team, Shane Van Boning and Mike DeShane. Two of the best players in the country right now. A really strong team. However, they're going to have their work cut out for them. No doubt about it. You're going to have Appleton there. Carl Boys, Mark Gray, Daryl Peach, Mika Eminen, Ralph Suquet, Torsten Holman. I mean, Niels. Uh, geez, the list goes on and on. Taiwan's team is strong. Um all of them are strong, every single team, and there is a bunch of them. So uh, they got their work cut out for them, but we're rooting for Team USA. So uh, good luck to Shane and Mike, and uh, we hope that they can bring that that trophy home with us. So for today, though, uh, we're going to be talking a little bit uh, with uh, Mr. Dr. Dave from the University of Colorado. Uh, him and Bob Jewett have put together a great new video series. Uh, they're calling it the Video Encyclopedia of 8-Ball, or VEEB for short. And uh, so we're going to be talking to Dave a little bit about that production and what it went into it. And, um, you know, get a little more insight. And uh, a little bit later in the program, Mr. Mark Griffin is uh, Mark Griffin. <laughs> Sorry, Mark. Mark Cantrell is going to be talking to uh, uh, Johnny Archer, who was just at uh, the uh, at the World Pool Masters. Uh, he didn't do quite so well as Shane, obviously. Uh, he did make it to the quarterfinals, but uh, uh, got knocked out a little bit earlier than I think he would have liked to. But uh, Johnny's on the scene right now at Turning Stone, so we're getting a little bit of an update from him on uh, the happenings out there so far. So stick around for that, and we'll be right back with you after the One Minute Pool Instructor. Hi, I'm Scott Lee. And I'm Randy G. And welcome to the One Minute Pool Instructor. Well, we've uh, got some time to record some uh, more uh, episodes, Scott. Yeah. So what should we lead off with uh, today? Well, I think uh, I think we should let everybody on American Billiard Radio know about uh, what's going on with the Chinese uh, billiard instruction. Okay. Well, not much, but, but let me give you a recap to that statement. Uh, um, as you know, and, and most of our friends know, that I'm dealing with two different Chinese factions. I'm dealing with the Chinese government for instruction, 
And then uh, you and I are dealing with a Chinese group of people who are trying to get uh, visas and get people over here right, to, to, uh, to the United States. To learn pool and English. So now I've heard a little bit from uh, the government and what they want to do and how they want to train their instructors and that they're ready to go with some type of program. Um, but I have not heard anything back from uh, U-Trust, the company that was going to send us up to 200 students a year. Have you, have you heard anything? I haven't heard anything back. Uh, I did communicate with our contact uh, via email, but uh, that's been the last I've heard. So hopefully we'll hear something more and, and get this program on the road. Well, I have a friend who deals with China on a daily basis, import business. And he says, dealing with China is like looking at a compass in the dark. <laughs> so uh, if, if we're looking at a compass and we don't know which way we're going, maybe that's normal for the way they do business. Um, but I'm ready. Uh, uh, our, our instructors are ready. If they want to send over um, a couple of dozen or up to 200 over the next 12 months, I think we can handle that. I, we sure can. And certainly it says a lot for the value of, of the SPF method of training. Well, I think the, the PBI instructor program and the SPF method, what have we got? We've got uh, uh, 12 people we can rely upon immediately and, and, and 100 more that would certainly be there to help us. So, Absolutely. Uh, we, we, have, we have the facilities, the background, the knowledge. It's just a matter of whether this is what they want to do or not. You know, it's interesting. Uh, why do you think they came to the U.S., Randy? I mean, there's certainly uh, teaching opportunities from players in Europe, from players in the Far East. Uh, China has their own uh, professional. Yeah, yeah. China program. China has a Asian Beard Association program, but it only deals with the lady and the men's professional. Uh, the Chinese do not have a lot of amateur pool players like the United States. Mm -hmm. But but I think the reason they came to us is. Uh, last year, President Obama opened up the visa program to the Chinese. Ah. So now the, 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 let's say, a travel agency in China has a lot more leniency and, and, and opportunity to bring people over here, but they still have to be invited. So our pool school has to invite these people over. Now, they don't spend their entire time in pool school. Uh, they're going to tour Dallas or, or Fargo or or Tampa, Tampa, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but certainly, uh, the four or five hours in pool school is what they get invited over for. So I think that's where that came from: is is that opening up or the, the loosening of our our visa program with the Chinese. Well, I think that's really exciting, and uh, the the further that we can spread the word, the better. Oh, off. Yeah, if the light would come on and we see which direction we're going, we'd be all right. That's for sure. We're ready. It's up to them. I think Scott, the ball's in their court right now. It is. And it's just a matter of them coming back to us. Well, all right. Well, we'll uh, certainly keep everybody up to date as we know more. So uh, what are we going to do uh, next two minutes? Well, why don't we, uh, let's talk a little bit about Gary Benson and, and how oh. he's uh, doing okay. that. Okay. All right. That I love that method, subject. Yeah. New method of doing tournaments. Okay. Well, for, for today's segment uh, on the One Minute Pool Instructor, I'm Scott Lee. And I'm Randy G. And we'll see you again next week. Okay, everybody, and we're back, and I am talking with uh, Dr. Dave. You know, Dave, I'm going to screw up your last name again. It's, it's, is it, do you, <laughs> is it, the, is the C an S, or is the C a C-H? Well, it's Italian, so the Italian pronunciation is Alciatore. Alciatore. So we, we pronounce it Alciatore. Oh, okay. All right, Alciatore. Dr. Dave Alciatore. Alciatore. Dr. Dave is fine. <laughs> yeah, I, that's going to make it easier on my tongue, Dr. Dave. Yeah. There you go. How are you doing today, Dave? Doing fine. Good. Enjoying the awesome Colorado weather. Yeah. How is the weather out there? Oh, it's it's usually great, but it's especially good today. Sunny and and uh, like high seventies sort of sort of thing, and uh, very pretty. Excellent. I was uh, I'm, I'm considering coming out there uh, next week to the Denver area for the International Q Collectors Show. So I was kind of looking. Uh, I've been watching the weather just to see what I should, what kind of clothing should I bring with me. <laughs> No, is it, well, it, it, it can get chilly at night this time of year, yeah. and it can be really hot in the day, so you okay. can be prepared for anything. All right, good. 
Good. That's fair enough. It can literally go. It can literally go from forty at night this time of year to ninety or ninety-five in the day. Oh yeah! Awesome, awesome. Now, are you close to Denver or no? Yeah, about an hour away in Fort Collins, okay. where uh, Colorado State University is. Gotcha, gotcha. All right. Well, maybe we can talk you into coming down there next weekend and uh, and visiting with us at the uh, at the show. Well, let me know. I, I, I would consider that for sure. Okay. Good. Good, good, good. So uh, let's see. What I was uh, last time I was talking to you was uh, a little more than a year ago in May, and uh, we were uh, yapping about uh, the Billiard Education Foundation and uh, some of your other background in the area. How's it going with the BEF? Oh, great! The uh, the junior nationals went off uh, this year yeah. in, in Vegas, and it was uh, it went very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just the organization is, uh, you know, it's always a tough, tough business, you know, uh, with, a, with a nonprofit like that, keeping, keeping funding solid and, uh, sure. you know, and, and getting a future direction that'll, that'll uh, allow it to continue. But uh, things, things have looked a lot better the last couple of years. So yeah. uh, everybody's happy about that. Yeah, it seems to they have been taking great strides with their, uh, with their junior qualifiers. I mean, they, like overnight, they, they, their state, the numbers of state qualifiers jumped tremendously, so I'm uh, super happy that they're they've been able to do that. That uh, that was a huge. Yeah, step. Sam uh, Sam Vidal uh, did a great job this year. Uh, I think she got close to 50 state qualifiers. So uh, mm-hmm. that was all done pretty much by her in one year. So right, it's, it's um, that's an awesome step to, to it is really make the future of uh, the BEF strong and, and uh, hopefully get a lot more juniors into our sport, which, yeah. is, which is all about. Absolutely, absolutely. Matter of fact, I was just talking to the uh, the uh, the girl. Uh, I say girl. I I hate calling them girls and boys because I don't want to insult them. But the uh, the uh, young lady uh, who took the title at the at the nationals just this past week on last show uh, April. She's a great kid, mm-hmm. and and she plays great. I mean, for her age, she's got a a, a strong pool career ahead of her. So. It's uh, it, just another prime example of why that works, why the BEF works, and why these junior nationals work. Because it does, pr- it does produce great players. There's no doubt about it. So uh, exactly, thanks. it does help. It does help when the parents are supportive, are supportive also. Oh yeah, absolutely. So props to you, and obviously props to Sam and BEF and everybody involved there that uh, that keeps these things going. It is much appreciated. So um, we're talking with you today because um, you have another outstanding project that you just finished up with uh, Mr. Bob Jewett there, a new video series. Do you want to give us the, the rundown on that? Sure, and I appreciate you uh, inviting me on to talk about it because, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a, well, the title is The Video Encyclopedia of 8-Ball, mm-hmm. Beeb for short, Beeb. <laughs> but uh, it's been it's been a two year long project. We actually did most of the filming two years ago, and I just finished it up and sent it off for uh, to be manufactured just a couple of weeks ago. So mm-hmm. this is an exciting time for me, you know, polishing off a two year long project. So yeah, I'm very uh, very happy about it. Well, yeah, that's and kinda, we certainly uh, a lot of work. <laughs> I was gonna say that's a lot of work yeah. and and a lot of patience. I'm uh, that's not my virtue. So. Just stick with it, you know, <laughs> through two years. <laughs> Good on you for that. Yeah, these these video encyclopedia projects, you know, they're all five DVD sets, and they're, you know, I like to call them epic projects because it really, uh, you know, takes a large uh, time commitment and uh, yeah. and a lot of a lot of tedium. Also, <laughs> it's not all fun, sure, but it's certainly worth it. It feels good when it's done. Well, yeah, and I I was reading some information that you had posted about it online on AZ Billiards. And uh, you kind of made mention that uh, you were shooting for sort of the league, uh, I don't want to say average player, but the common player, the guys that are out in the uh, normal circumstances, not necessarily the top dogs out there, as it were. Um, is, that, uh, is that correct? Is that you know, safe to say you're out there looking for league players or... Well, up and coming, I think our maybe? goal is that is that our goal is that league players would be interested because right. there's lots of them, sure. <laughs> honestly. Yeah. But I think you know the uh, the level that we cover everything at, you know, and it's you know it's very comprehensive, you know, and it's uh, you know, and I think it, I think it can appeal to all levels of player. 
yeah. you know, maybe not professional, not, maybe not top professionals that that excel at eight ball already. Right. But I think anybody who anybody who feels they have room for improvement in eight ball can certainly benefit. That that's our goal. Mm-hmm. But our hope is that you know a lot of league people out there that you know want to get better, you know, will be interested because mm-hmm. I'm sure they could benefit. But you know what I've learned, you know, being in leagues myself and talking to a lot of people is that. Not all league players really care. Uh, they seem like they want to get better, but they don't like they, they don't like to they don't want people telling them what to do, or they, right. they want to think they know everything already. And <laughs> yeah, and yeah. they don't they don't like books and videos, or you know, maybe not that's not everybody, but I've I've seen a surprisingly large number of people that kind of fit, fit that category where mm-hmm. they play pool a lot, but and they maybe they want to be good, but they not they don't seem willing to you know to try to learn and take lessons and get videos and books to help them improve. But, sure, so sure. I hope uh, I hope there's enough people out there that, that aren't like that, <laughs> like, yeah. that, will, that will buy our stuff and actually benefit from it. Well, you know, uh, you know, you're right. I have experienced that same sort of mindset myself. And I've even felt that same sort of mindset myself before in the past. But I And I think it's a combination of, uh, of many things. It's not, you can't just blame it on one thing. Uh, you know, sometimes it's a time restraint. Uh, you know that all they have time for is a little bit of recreation, and so they're not going to waste it, quote unquote, waste it, sitting down in front of a video or reading a book on it. They just want to get out and play. In some cases, you yeah, know. and that's fine. I mean, you know, and that's actually a great thing about like the APA league system. People always rag on it, but I think it's wonderful that they, right. they get so many people right. that go out and have fun and play pool. Right, and you know, even, even even if they're not serious, and even if they're not willing to, you know, improve their game, they're there to have fun, and that's what that's what a lot of the leagues are all about. That's that's a good thing. Right, it is, it is, because it lets it gives them the opportunity at a casual level, unintimidating level, a not expensive level, where they can get in and get out, and get some play time in, and there's nothing wrong with that at all. Sometimes it's also. Uh, a matter of, like you said, people don't like to be necessarily uh, in, uh, told what to do, per se, or have instructions pounded in their head. Uh, you know, there's a pride factor there involved, like you said, too, where some people think they know it all already. And that's understandable. I'm hoping that, uh, you know, I can see an application for this being for someone like that, where it is a very unintimidating, casual way to look at some real basic structure and basic facts behind the instruction where you can learn stuff without having somebody have to tell you it. You know, it's very easy and convenient to just throw the DV in and watch and go, oh, okay, I didn't know that. That's how easy that is. So it's... Agreed. And that, that's our hope is that we, we can kind of reach, reach those, those people in that category. Yeah, but I think you know the I think the people that will that will be most interested are you know like the higher intermediate players, the really the really good league players that mm-hmm. want to get better, that are trying, uh, and they, they're already very good. But and I think our, our product will allow them to you know to to go to that next level, right? Uh, right. You know, and I think you know the people that people that usually benefit from this sort of thing the most are the people that are dedicated and really really want to get better and want to do whatever it takes to get better. Right. You know, that's a smaller that's a smaller group of people, I think, than the others we were talking about. Well, sure. I think you're right. And with that being said, I think there lies the, the key uh, of the importance of using uh, the material like the material that you guys produce that is simple, yet it's all accurate it's all it, it's it's right there. You can see that this is not some kind of random concept about learning. It's not an opinionated. Well, if you try this, this might happen. It's it's a, a set of clear, factual, uh, you know, examples and drills, as the case may be, where someone can take this and break it down to the easiest level. And get some really solid building blocks along the way. It's not uh, like exactly. you said. It's not you know, a we bunch teach of important principles. And right. Give lots of examples. You're right. We present it very concisely. Right. Not and I think that, you know we also show we also show everything that's possible. So it, it like it could be eye opening some people, and it could give them like a an extended repertoire of shots. You know, because they like, oh, yeah. they never oh I never considered that before. You know, so we, we show basically everything possible in in this wonderful game of eight ball. Yeah, I really love eight ball. I love eight ball so much because it's um, 
you know, it, it, it's fun to like someone that's never played before. Mm-hmm. And and then and then as you, the more you play, the more you can <laughs> learn. And you can, I think, I, I firmly believe you can learn for a lifetime and, and uh, never never get bored of the game. And I think, you know, more and more pros, you know, when you ask them what's their favorite game, a lot of them say bar box eight ball, and it's kind of surprising. <laughs> yeah, but I, I can understand it because um, you know there's so much um, that are interesting and challenging, and, and there's so is. many things that can come up. It is, and there's so many decisions, so many, so much strategy and decisions you have to make. It, there is, and it's and it's all, and, and there's so many, there's so many little things that make a huge difference. Absolutely, <laughs> you know, no, it's very that true. Looks like if you, you know, just just getting getting a one inch better on your on your cue ball control can you have a huge difference you know, in your speed control. And just knowing, you know, if you if you uh, if you if you kiss off this ball instead of going straight in, it all of a sudden opens up the game. And there's things like that, these little decisions you make oh, yeah. that have a huge impact throughout throughout the game. So absolutely true. And you know, like you said, that that it's it's a popular game. You know, I I I would be willing to wager. I don't know anymore. You know, with the, with the, the popularity of nine ball, but for a while there, I would been have been willing to bet that the first game that everybody most everybody got exposed to was eight ball because it was simple and it was being played everywhere. You know, that was the, that was, I think that, I think that's, I think that's still true. You might be right. I would, I would say, I would say, I would say a large percentage uh, of people that play their first game of pool is, is eight ball. Yeah. Cause it's just, it's, it's that simple. It's, you know, stripes or solids. That's what the, the first term yeah. we learn, you know, is stripes or solids. Everybody knows what that means. And if you go in a bar, Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was. That's all I said. Is, is everybody knows stripes and solids, you know? Exactly. And if you go into a bar and where people are playing casually, they're always playing eight ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, most leagues are mostly eight ball. So I think it's certainly true. It's still the the most popular game, yeah. and I think it you know it has been for a long time, and it has and it will be for for you know into the future because it's such a, it is such a uh, such a perfect game that's easy. And enjoyable by all levels of people. That's why it's so good. Yeah, that's it right there. It's simple to understand. I think that's probably the key. You know what I mean? There's not a lot of complex exactly. rules to it. But at, but for as simple of a game as it is to understand, there's a lot of nuances, like you said, that that, that can really make a difference between exactly. between winning and losing. There's a, a big you know stretch there. Um, did you know um, that uh, eight ball used to be called? BBC pool? BBC? Yeah, as in Brunswick Balky Colander. I did not know that. I was reading through a uh, a rule book that uh, Brunswick had prob- uh, published in 1909 or so, 1910. And it was just, you know, one of those handbook rules and regulations type of book. Mm-hmm. And they had no listing under 8-Ball. But the name they called it BBC for the you know their company name BBC Pool or Brunswick B- Billiards Corporation maybe yeah. yeah yeah that's what the BBC was for was Brunswick Brunswick Bulk Colander Company Pool so they somehow well, what's the second word I've never what's that second word Brunswick what bulky or bulk it's the one of the partners ah, one, yes yes one of the bulk line yes yeah Julius Bulk. Um, he was the partner with John John Brunswick there for a while. So it was Brunswick, oh. Mr. Brunswick, Mr. Balk, Mr. Colander. They were all all partners in the business. But it, it's curious because, and I bet you Bob Jewett could probably answer this question uh, a little more accurately than me. I kind of wonder at what point they um, uh, commandeered that game and called it their own. Because <laughs> you know what I mean. Because it had to have come from somewhere. I, I and I don't know that they actually invented it for sure or not. But I know at one point they had put their name on it, and they called that's the name of that game at that time. Oh, so um, interesting. Yeah, I didn't know. Well, you're bringing you're bringing your uh, you're bringing your Chicago Billiards Museum knowledge to the table. Here. I know. See, it's my my uh, my nerdy uh, stuff comes in handy every now and then. So. There you go. So if if in fact that's true, uh, you know that puts the time frame on eight ball around that nineteen ten ish sort of mark, which means that uh, we've been playing it for roughly a hundred and five years now. So give or take a few. Oh, 
So uh, right. still, still the most popular game, I think, as as we were just talking about before. So this will be uh, exceptionally useful for all those guys. Now, this is also a part of a part of a bigger series. Now, you have several other video sets like this. For the people that are not yeah, familiar we, with those, go ahead and, and let us know about the rest of them. Yeah, well, I started uh, with Tom Ross, who's a very good player. Mm-hmm. Uh, we started with the video encyclopedia of pool shots, okay. which uh, you know presented all you know basically presented all all types of shots, uh, principles, tricks, everything you can think of. We call them gems, special things that everybody has to know. They pretty much apply to most Q sports or most Q sport games. Mm-hmm. We did. We did give some. You know, we gave specific examples in different games throughout that series. You know, nine ball, eight ball, one pocket, bank pool, everything. Um, but uh, then, then uh, Bob Jewett and I worked on the video encyclopedia of pool practice, and that was that was all drills and uh, and and uh, and a mythology kind of to to work on your game to develop all the skills you need to do all the stuff in the video encyclopedia of pool shots. Right. So the pool shot shows pretty much everything that's possible in all games and all the principles you need to know and all the gems that can make you a better player. Mm-hmm. The pool practice series, you know, presenting you with tools and, and, uh, and drills and, and procedures that, that help you develop all the skills you need. Yeah. And then, and then Bob and I decided to do this more recent one, the video encyclopedia of eight ball, because again, we, we, you know, we think the game is so wonderful and, and so many people play it. Yeah. We thought, uh, we thought there'd be interest in out of all I've done, you know, the Vets was, was a pretty monumental effort. That was, I think that's the one I worked on. I put the most time into over all the years, all the things I've done. That was a monumental effort. And, uh, and a lot of people have, you know, have spoken highly of that, the Vets series. But I think this is the one that I feel, you know, in a way, feel the most proud of because I enjoy 8-Ball so much. And I think, you know, we really did a, a comprehensive job and, and covered all the important aspects of 8-Ball. Mm-hmm. And so I'm pretty proud of. Well, I'm always proud of that because that was, you know, such a huge effort. And yeah, it was yeah. the first big thing I came out with. So I'll, I'll always be proud of the, the video encyclopedia two shots. But but I'm pretty pretty excited about the eight ball series too. Well, now let me ask you this, um, and I think we we probably touched on this a little bit uh, last year when we when when did the interview with you before. How long have you been? Uh, and I'm not asking this to find out how good of a player you are, but how long have you been playing or, or involved in playing pool at all? Well, I, I, I played casually my whole life. You know, uh, okay. I think, you know, when I was, when I was very young, you know, I was, I was the youngest in my family. So my, my mother, once the kids started getting older, uh, she took a job at a, at a bowling alley. And I spent, uh, when I, she started when I was about four. So I spent like ages four through eight in this bowling alley almost every day in the summers. <laughs> and they had, a, they had a great pool hall. They had a great pool hall in this bowling alley, and then they had pinball machines, and then when the video games started coming out, you know, it's a, you know, uh, I got into that, too. Yeah. Actually, I think I, it was ages 4 through about, through about 12. Okay. And so I, 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 uh, I enjoyed all that stuff. Bowling, you know, pool, pinball, video That's games. Good. I did it all. That's awesome. But never really got serious, and I and I, uh, you know, we had a cheap table when I was young in our house that you know played with played on with neighborhood kids, and and then uh, you know I went to I did, did a couple of summer camps uh, when I was young, and they had pool tables there and foosball, all that stuff. Did all that. It was all casual, but I always I always liked pool that whole time, and and sure. always wanted to get better at it. Mm-hmm. But I think not until about uh, the late nineteen uh, nineties, yeah, late nineteen nineties is where I. I said, I want to get better at this, and, you know, I was playing with uh, a bunch of friends weekly, and they were all decent, you know, you know, good by bar standards, <laughs> <you know? laughs> but uh, we wanted to get better, and then I, I started buying books and videos and looking at those and reading them and, and uh, trying to learn from, from them, and then I, I joined a league, and there were some top players in the league that was actually in Washington, D.C. when I was there for, for a while, and there were some top players that I would always watch and talk to and I'd always write write down little notes or you know draw shot diagrams when I saw something I didn't understand or didn't, uh, hadn't seen before. And I would always practice that stuff. And so during my process of reading all these books and watching videos, I was very disappointed because they would say stuff that was just wrong physically, yeah. or they would present stuff in a bad way or you know not efficiently or concisely, and they would just ramble on and there was no production value. It's like it looks like they just set up a camera and started talking in their in their, in their room. You know? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. So I. 
during, during that process, I said, oh, I should, I should work on a book one day. I, I love teaching. You know, I'm, uh, I'm a university professor in my day job, so I, and I've always, I've always been a good teacher, and I've always loved teaching. And I've actually written a textbook, an engineering textbook, uh, years ago. So I said, well, I kind of have the skills to work on, on a book and, and present things in a way people can understand. So that's when I decided to work on the pool book. And that was, uh, that was the early 2000s when I started that. And I, I published my pool book in 2004. So that's, and that's when I, my, I started getting more serious about my game, you know. And, and uh, back then I was still wasn't that good of a player. I'm, I'm, I'm much better now. And, you know, I've improved a lot in the last five years or so. It helps working on these video projects where we're shooting for hours and hours and hours for days yeah, and weeks and yeah. months. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine so. Yeah. That helps. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Well, cool. Born and raised in a pool hall, no less. <laughs> yeah, misspent miss youth in a bowling alley. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's too funny. I don't think, it was, I don't think it was misspent. I don't think it was misspent at all. <laughs> no, no. I think you were finding your calling. Is that that's what you were doing? You know, that's, exactly. Uh, that's a, a, I remember even I, even my earliest memories of the pool table, like when I'm four years old. I remember when I first saw the pool tables in that beautiful pool hall, and saw the pretty balls, and you hear all the, the cool sounds, and see people strutting around, yeah, like they own the place. That's just it was just uh, that's exciting, and just kind of uh, just I just marveled at it. Even though just one, one boy, I can I can I can picture myself just standing there with my mouth open, yeah, just looking at it, saying, "Oh, I want to I want to do that." <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I, but I'm glad I I'm glad funny. I stayed in school. I'm glad, well, I'm glad sure. I stayed in school. Oh well, yeah, yeah. And uh, and chose and chose engineering as a profession. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pool, exactly. Pool is a great a great passion and a great um, great hobby. And some people can make it a good profession, but I'm right. glad I, I chose chose school over pool. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, being able to eat is is important as well. So that's yeah, that's <laughs> helpful sometimes. That's helpful. <laughs> it, it really comes in handy, you know, being able to do. Yeah. That. No, that's Definitely. fine. I don't know what it is. It's funny. I have the same type of memories. I remember the first time I was very little and I saw a pool table. And this one just happened to be in a home table with red cloth on it. And there was just something about it. I couldn't take my eyes off. I'm like, you know, what is this? Th-? You know, what is it? I want to I want to know how to do this. You know, it was that kind of a thing. Yeah. So, well, it appeals to a lot of senses. You know, it's, it really it's pretty. Does. The yeah. colors, the, the colors and, and these, these perfect spheres that are shiny, shiny, perfect spheres and Right. You know, the, the simple geometry, and then and I think you know I like I like the physics of the game, and yeah. maybe people don't talk about it, but I think people can still appreciate that even if they don't realize it. They that sure. they can see all the physics going on, and it's like wow, that's cool, right? Or it's just interesting because you know it's it's an experience to see the balls move the it way they really do. Is. You know, I think even a young person kind of relates to that the, the physics stuff, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. It's 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 basic like like playing marbles. You know, it's it's the same sort of concept. I, and exactly, it's cool to see that. It's cool to see those objects move the way they do. That's right, and you having control over that. And each game is its own jigsaw puzzle. That the challenge, that challenge is what sucked me in. You know, it's it's like every time you break the rack, there's a new jigsaw puzzle to to decipher and the, some chaos to bring into order. So, uh, sorry to <laughs> some go off into my little world there, but you know. Anyway. <laughs> Um, let's bring you back. To, let's bring you back. Okay. First <laughs> so, to Mr. Bond. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm still here. All right. Now, okay, if, good. when people are um, ready to delve into your new video series, what, what should they do? Well, I have lots of clips, free clips available on YouTube, and uh, they're on my website and on AZ Billiards. And the website is, uh, is uh, drdavebilliards.com. It's dr-dave-billiards.com. And there, people can can look at all the stuff I offer and and uh, and view sample sample clips, excerpts from all all of the DVDs. Okay, so that's, they can, that's a good place to start. Look at all the free little, stuff. Yeah, get some samplers, some free samples. Yeah. Um, now, is this something that is available uh, just DVD only, or are they, are they going to be downloadable at some point? It's it's going to be streamable. All um, in fact. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned that. That's actually my next big project is okay. to make all of my stuff streamable, streamable via YouTube. Okay. YouTube has a new rental program where you can you can get you can you can subscribe to channels oh, okay. or to online videos and be able to watch them from any device, you know, anywhere you have internet access, any device, anytime. Sure, you don't have to carry carry around DVDs or have downloaded downloaded files, gigantic downloaded files. You can just stream it wherever you want, cool. anytime, any device. Yeah. So I'm really excited about this new platform. They just uh, 
made available. And uh, so my plan is to is to release everything in that form in okay. addition to the DVDs. I think okay. I'll always put out DVDs because you know maybe not always, but <laughs> they have they'll eventually go away. But I think I think DVDs are going to be around a lot longer. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. You know, because people like to give them as gifts. They like to have something they can hold in their hand. You know? Right. They like something they can put on the sh- put on the shelf. Because they collect them, you know, and so I think, you know, DVDs still have value. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right, so if they want to order a copy, they can just go to your website and check all that stuff out. That's cool. No problems there. All right, well, anything else you want to throw into the mix there before we go? Uh, I think we covered everything pretty well. Uh, Again, I appreciate the time, and uh, I like what you guys are doing. And uh, All right. You know, I enjoyed our conversation last time last year, and I, I, I uh, often often check out your programs, and <laughs> I hope others others uh, do also do too because it's a, a good thing. Whatever we can do to, to whatever we can do to improve, uh, yeah, you know, outreach and you know, reach as many people as possible and get them excited about this this wonderful game. Uh, Absolutely, that's a good thing. Absolutely, and and you know, learn more about the players and what's going on, and you know, in a in a. And I'm going to, my inner nerd is going to take over for a second and tell you this too. You know, there is, um, there's lots of instructional material out there. There are lots of uh, videos. There's tons and tons of videos out there to watch matches and tournaments where you can see your favorite people play under all kinds of conditions. And there's, you know, video of all kinds of different games being played. But one thing that, since the mainstream, quote unquote, mainstream media has kind of uh, thrown us aside for now, something is mm-hmm. mi- what's missing is the part of the culture where we get to know something about people. So what we're trying to do here, not just facilitate communication and spread the word and everything else that we do also, but we're also trying to document this time period, this era being played. So that we get to hear, you know, Johnny Archer talk and Shane Van Boning or, you know, Mike DeShane or Rodney Morris or whoever it is. We get to not just watch them play, but we get to know them a little bit better about them. So that, you know, 50 years, 100 years from now, we'll actually have a piece of something where we can, you know, look back and actually hear to get this, hear this person talk with their actual voice instead of just reading what they said or reading a story about them, or watching them play a video and play a game, because you know you can only you know know so much about somebody by watching them play. So anyway, well, very very well stated, very well stated. I agree, hundred thousand percent. Good, and keep up the good work. Keep up the good work, Thanks. all you guys. Thank you, I appreciate that, and uh, thank you to the listeners for supporting us. And uh, you know, we try not to put you to sleep. We really do. We really try to keep it, you know, uh, relevant and uh, lighthearted, so that you don't have to, you know, drive into a tree while you're listening to this into your car. So, thanks, Dave. Thanks a lot for uh, taking the time to talk to us. I appreciate it. You're welcome, and thank you. All right, we'll talk to you guys next week on American Billiard Radio. Welcome back to American Billiard Radio. This is Mark Cantrell, the Legends and Champions Report, brought to you by Neil's Garage Cabinets of Mesa, Arizona. And uh, there's been a few things going on in the pool world the uh, past couple of weeks. And so I have on the line with me Johnny the Scorpion Archer. How are you doing, Johnny? Hi. I'm doing good. <laughs> um, why, why do you have to do that? Why do you have to make that noise? Uh, that wasn't noise. That was just, you know, I prolonged the hay so everybody can hear it. Uh, I'm going to make this quick because I know you're at Turning Stone right now and you, you've got a match uh, a little bit later on. So I, I'm going to yeah. start with the World Pool Masters. You just got back from England, uh, well, last, earlier in the week? Yep, yep, got back Monday. And uh, How do you like Birmingham? You ever been there before? Well, it was Manchester. Sorry, Manchester. But, um, no, that was the first time I've been there. It was okay. I mean, um, I got to go around the Manchester Stadium there. We were right next to it, um, the uh, United football team. So I got to, well, I just kind of walked in a little bit. But, um, yeah, it was nice. It was just, 
you know, kind of small place, but it was fun. You know, had a good time. This, uh, I was looking at the crowd. The crowd's not as big or as, uh, is it as boisterous as the Moscone Cup, although there's not that many people there. Yeah, the crowd, uh, they're a lot more subdued. They're uh, uh, it's smaller, plus even the ones there, they don't get near as riled up as like at the Moscone Cup. I think that just kind of gets everybody going. I know you have a, a little bit of a, a problem. You're kind of one of those kind of stuck in your ways kind of fellas as far as food goes. What did you did you eat anything over there? Did you try anything different? Um, yeah, first day I tried uh, spaghetti bolognese. That's uh, not different, Johnny. Johnny, forget huh? bolognese. That's not trying something different. Well, it's different to me. You don't eat spaghetti when you're at home. Well, just listen to me, okay? First day, I had spaghetti bolognese, small portion. Then the second day, I said, well, I'm going to try something different. I had spaghetti bolognese, a large portion. <laughs> so, you know, that was good. And then that's pretty much what I ate the whole time. <laughs> yep. So you didn't try you didn't try fish and chips, nothing? No, I, I, heard that, um, I heard that the fish and chips was bad in Manchester. That's what they said. Uh, so I, I didn't try it. Yeah, that might, might, might have a good point there, actually. Yeah. Um, so you, you, you went out there, you, you won your first match convincingly, right? Yeah, yeah, I played well uh, against the Australian guy. I uh, played well, so yeah, I did win my first match. They were actually hyping him up quite a bit because uh, I, th- I, th- I think he's a good player. He's just one yeah, of those yeah. you don't hear much about. Yeah, he's a straight shooter. He just needs to play the game a little bit more. Um, there were certain shots, you know, he was a little bit lost at. But, um, you know, he's a straight shooter, so I knew I had to play well. And, and uh, I just I got a lot more shots than he did. Did, um, did we, you were happy with your performance, though? I mean, even though, you know, he yeah. maybe didn't play as up to a certain level, but you were happy with the way you played? I did. The first match, yeah, I played. I played pretty solid. I didn't. Uh, I didn't make any mental mistakes. I don't think I missed. I think I missed one ball, maybe. Um, didn't scratch on the break any or nothing. So yeah, it. Um, you know, uh, overall, it was a good, solid first match. Actually, I, I think I watched the first four racks of that match. Yeah. And you, you were just putting him in jail every other shot. Yeah. Yeah. I played a lot of safeties. And, you, you played some and, good uh, safeties. Yeah, the one you saved is they were tight. I mean, it was almost impossible. I would have thought to get out. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, that ain't really saying a whole lot because you said it's impossible to get out. You don't really know a whole lot about pools, so you know, <laughs> no, no. Really, you know that don't uh, that don't you know help me out. Far yeah, it's not really. It's not. It's not, it's not explaining it really well, is it? Um, really. Did you? Um, Watch the final with Shannon Dow. I did. I was there. Um, the match started out. I think Shane started out uh, win the first three games, and Darren made a couple couple bad mistakes the first couple games. Uh, then he kind of a little bit got on track a little bit. He won the next two games, and then um, at to tie it, I think he was down three two, or it might even been two two. I can't remember, but um, he had a chance to get out again and um, missed the ball. And then once Shane won that game, um, you know, Darren didn't get back to the table very much after that. Shane, I think he made once or twice on the break. Uh, he ran out a couple times from the break. Um, you know, so, yeah, Darren didn't have much to shoot out at after that 2-2 or whatever it was, 3-2. Yeah, he got, uh, I don't know. I, I don't want to say he got lucky. He, he was, I, I think Shane was fortunate. I'm not saying that he would not have beaten him anyhow, but... Mm-hmm. It could have been a hell of a lot closer. You, you know what they say. Sometimes when the balls are rolling for you, you know, they're yeah. rolling, for, rolling for you. And Darren, I'm sure, will admit, he, from what I saw him, uh, from what the what I saw, he, he didn't, because he didn't play that much, really. He played, you know, he, he what, three racks where he actually went. And uh, was it three that he won? He won three. Um, where it, yeah. He played, but he wasn't. He certainly wasn't at his best. I've seen him play better, that's for sure. And and then so Shane had a, a bit of advantage there. 
and then maybe the ball just started rolling a little bit for him with the uh, nine on the break twice, and then that. I what do you, do you remember what happened with the the final rack? I I can't quite remember. I was I know it seemed like it was a haphazard shot, and he got totally lucky uh, to have that two nine combo. Right. Yeah, he. Um, I think he broke the balls and the the two or the three or whatever it was up there. It, it kind of got tied up on a ball, and the nine was next to him. So uh, Shane, I asked him about the shot. He said he looked at it and it looked like it the two or whatever it was was going to carry him into the nine and have a shot of making the nine over across in the corner. So instead of trying to figure out a safety or something, he said, "I just I thought I had a shot of making it." And then he shot it. He, of course, he didn't make the nine, but. Went around and lucked the ball in where it was, and two nine got down there. You know, when you're feeling it like that, I know a lot of people say, "Oh, that's luck." But sometimes when you're feeling it, you just kind of you feel like things are going to go your way. So I'd uh, go ahead and try to do something and make something happen. I guess. Yeah. So it's like the uh, what's that thing? The secret, the power of positive thinking, attract yeah. good things or whatever. Yeah, that don't that definitely don't hurt. That's for sure. Uh, so you're a turning stone. Uh, you're there. You're the, obviously they have it twice a year, and you're the one that's the good time of year, right? Yeah, I played. Uh, I played well in this event. I enjoy it up here. It's relaxing. You know, I like playing events that the venue is in the hotel, so I can kind of always be on my time a little bit, getting back and forth. So, you know, I enjoy it. It's fun. I've always, you know, I've had good success up here. So, well, I, I, I was talking. I was talking about the. I was talking about the weather. You, oh yeah, it's very nice up here now. Usually we sometimes we come up as cold, but no, it's very nice this time. Nice and warm. So when is the other one at? What time? What, what time of the year? Uh, it'd be it's January. Winter. So it'd be yeah, it'd be January. It'd be cold then. Yeah, because I think you guys have had some bad weather experiences in the past, and you guys been kind of snowed in a little bit sometimes. And yeah, yeah, sometimes yeah, it gets it's when it's in the winter, it's always snowing up here then. And uh, you you talked a little bit about you've had some success there. How, how many times have you won this event? Um, I have won it uh, six times. Okay, I thought, I thought it was more than that, but that's oh. it's a pretty it's a pretty good record. And uh, yeah, this year with the um, well, I guess it's been going on for a little while, but there's most going to cut points mm-hmm. on on this as well. Now, do you know where you were placed after the uh, CSI events with the 8-ball and 10-ball out there in Vegas? Do you know where you were placed on that Moscone Cup list? I really I really don't know. I haven't looked. Um, I just haven't looked just because I didn't place too good out there. I mean, I finished, I think, 17th or something like that in one of them and maybe a spot higher in another one. Um, so I, I just haven't looked. I haven't. I haven't followed it that close this year um, just because, you know, I kind of, um, I knew that I probably wouldn't be in, in much of a running too much unless I won a couple events because I knew I was only going to play in about about less than half of the Moscone Cup events um, just from, you know, uh, it be, them being on bar table and stuff like that. Well, it was at the start of the year, wasn't it, that, you know, they had, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I know that, oh, well, they had the Jay Swanson Memorial out in California, yeah. and right. then they had the Reno uh, U.S. Bar Table yeah, Championship, bar table. Yeah. which had, I think, they had, what, two events? Uh, two or three, I think. Two or three of them might have been in on I couldn't, I couldn't remember. Well, let's, say, let's say there's two of them, and then, but then the Jay Swanson, that's three tournaments that you missed out on, yeah. and it's, I mean, it's, it's it's a little bit understandable. Um, the Jay Swanson doesn't pay that much. If you, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's not it's not bad money, but it's when you add up your chances of winning, because it's not like people out there, are, you know, it's a bunch of players like me. It's you've sure. got some you got some good players out there. You got competition. You can't go in uh, thinking you're just automatically going to take it down. And, right. you know, with airfare and hotel and everything else, you know, you've got to win it to make a little bit, you know? Oh, sure. For, well, for, you, for know, you. Been, you know, if it had been on the East Coast, if it had been on the East Coast, I'd have probably figured out a way to go to it. But, um, 
Well, that's because he's closer, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just can't, uh, I couldn't, uh, couldn't justify that with, with my wife, you know, spending that kind of money going out and it not paying much and, and all that. I just, uh, anyway, it's still a business. I have to try to think of a business. I did go to CSI events this time, uh, out there at the Rio just because, uh, I mean, I know that, uh, the trade show was the week after, so I was able to, to get there a little bit early and play in them. I mean, I didn't do too much in them, but I did play. Well, you, well, you go. Last time I saw, and I probably before I called you on this, I probably should have looked at it. But you were eleventh place at one point. You okay. were just off the just off the leaderboard. Uh, wow, that's a lot better than I thought. Yeah, I well, I'm, like I, well, I'm not sure that. Um, I, I wish I remembered it, if that was before or after those CSI events. Right. Somebody, right. somebody puts it up. But here you go, you're, you know, if you, let's just say you're in 11th place. Right. You've got a tournament, you've got event that you've got, you know, a good record with. And then the, I think the only one left after that is the U.S. Open. Am I right on yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, that's right. If I, you know, if I won here uh, or second here and, and won the Open, I'd probably have a slim outside chance maybe to get in the top three. I probably would. Um mm. I don't. I think it would put you a hell of a lot closer than you're thinking. Really? Okay. Well, maybe. Well, exactly. know, well if you want this, these, if, these events. Uh, well, these events are worth four points, so maybe so. Yeah. Yeah. Be. Well, the U.S. Open is worth the most points. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. But, but yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, I, I know you have got to go into every event thinking you can, you're able to win. Right. Uh, but in all reality. It's not that easy to win. God, I mean, well, I say that Shane just knocked it off last three years. <laughs> four, yeah. four years. Oh, last no. three in a row. Right, you yeah. won it four. Yeah, you won three in a row. That's right. But, but, but yeah, you're right. He's won it four times. That's uh, that's a, that is tough, right there, because you know Earl's been up there for five. so long, looking at it, and you go five U.S. Opens. No, nobody yeah. can. That's tough. That's too much. But I know it. Yeah, I, I mean Jim? that Earl's record. Uh, I didn't ever believe Earl's record would ever be touched there at the Open at five times. But um, Shane's proved it wrong. That's for sure. And then, well, if, and as well with as far as records go, Nick Varner, your friend of mine, has won it. Uh, won the U.S. Open back to back years. And yeah. For I don't know how long, it must over twenty years, I believe. Nobody had won the U.S. Open back to back. Yeah, never done. And then all of a sudden, here comes I think uh, Mika. Mika did it first. Uh, yeah, Mika may have done it back to back, didn't he? Yep. Yeah, he did do it back to back. I don't know who did it. I can't remember who did it first. And then uh, Dad did it. Yeah. Dan Appleton did it back to back. Mika Shane, did it. Shane, uh, Oh yeah, yeah, and Shane. So all of a sudden, these records that were stood for you know so long, all of a sudden they just get they get broken. I wonder what yeah, you think. I wonder what the reason is. Because you know Shane's gonna Shane is probably gonna be Earl's or t- at least tie it. Sure. Yeah, in his yeah, lifetime. For sure. Yeah, you'd think so for sure. Yeah. What uh, do you, what do you know, think? It is? Just uh, you know, uh, people just getting hot. They they. Kind of that that certain time of year they've been playing long enough in the year that they're playing well. Um, I don't know. It just uh, he enjoys it there, being comfortable. Probably the same as me winning here so many times. I just I'm very comfortable here. Right. Well, um, hopefully it's tough. It's tough action to do it. Well, hopefully you can get in, up into that uh, top three and uh, yep. get on the team. If not, you know, there's always because I know you want to play for the USA. I know you enjoy it. You know, sure. Uh, hopefully, there's a way. Yeah, on that. Yeah, I missed it last year for sure. So yes, I would love to play. Um, I think I could help the team, but we'll see. We'll see what happens if I if I don't make it in the top three. You know, we'll just see. See, uh, you know, you have to stand behind Mark Wilson's picks no matter what. So. Yeah, what what do you? Well, I guess you you haven't been watching the the points too much, but Justin Bergman's up there and Skyler's up there. Right. Um, 
Scott Frost I know, is up I, there. I Shane's, Shane's got to be leading uh, by a long shot, so Shane ain't got a chance. I don't think anybody to catch him. Yeah, um, I don't. I don't. I don't think. I don't think Shane can. Well, I I, I think he's going to get picked as a wild card if no matter well, what. Well, sure, sure. But but it makes uh, it makes uh, Mark Wilson's life a lot easier. I think if he's goes okay, well he's qualified. I'd have to use him. I can pick somebody else. You right, know? no, definitely, definitely. Uh, you know, would would make his life a lot easier. That's for sure. Yeah. Or it does. I mean, him not having to use, use a pick on Shane. So there's going to be uh, Skyler, Justin Bergman, Scott Frost. Who else is up there? I can't remember who else is up there. But I think um, Jeremy Sosie's up there somewhere. I believe. I, you know. You know. I think you're right. I think you're right. I just think so about talking to somebody. I think they said he was up there pretty close. Well, I know. Um, Maybe Scott's, Michael Shane be up there pretty close because he got second at the eight ball out there. Oh, so I think he might be up there pretty close. Yeah. I guess I need to look at that um, the new standings and take a look at them and see where everybody are at now. But I know that um, Scott Frost, uh, he's never played at Turning Stone before. Which I kind of shocked yeah. me to hear, but he's right. chasing he's chasing those points because he's there sure. this year. Skyler's never played in; he's here. So uh, I think uh, I don't know. Bergman ever played in it; he's here now. So yeah, the guys are just they're trying to, you know, they're doing what they're supposed to. They're supposed to be here if they're up there close in the rankings. You know, yeah. uh, you know, I, I'm gonna be here anyway. But um, yeah, if you're up there close to ranking, that's for sure. You know, you got to come play uh, when it comes to that. Um, you know, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yep. It's uh, again about time. I'm starting to look forward to it. I've got a whole bunch of Moscone Cup posters here at the house. Sure. Uh, sure. <laughs> I want to deal with, uh, anyway, I've, I've got bedroom sports helping me out with uh, some things. And uh, so I've got, I've got all these posters I'm going to be mailing out to the West Coast to try and get, you know, to try and get attention from people on the West Coast to come and try and enjoy the experience. It's a good experience. Yeah, yes, it is. It's, uh, I talked to Luke a good bit over there at, the, at Masters, and uh, he was telling me how the uh, the uh, they redesigned the uh, arena that's going to be at the Tropicana, so it's going to hold, he's thinking, somewhere around about 1,100 people, I think, wow. this time. And he said he's already pre-sold half the tickets already, I think, or more. He said, so it's, they're definitely going to sell out, I believe. So, um, yeah, he's, he, he he was very excited about the venue over there at the Tropicana. Yeah, he said that, um, I spoke to him, he said that the Tropicana, which you said, this is a good, it's a fabulous thing, that the Tropicana are really into it. They're really into this, they're excited about doing it. It's not like they're, uh, uh, you know, well, we'll give it a try kind of thing, and you know, kind right. of leaving them to figure it out, it seems like they're, they're really supportive of it, and, you know, ho- hopefully, it, you know, I, it'll work out, and it'll be a good venue, and everybody will enjoy themselves, but, you know, Metsu don't really do anything half-assed, you know? No, every, every no not time, at all. Every time they do something, it's, uh, they make sure it's a class act, and I, God knows how to do it from, you know, from the UK, you know? Right. I, you know, it's, it's, that's uh, that's tough to design the arena and everything else without actually being there. Right. right well, the I think uh, I think Luke uh, has been to Vegas a couple times now. He told me during this year, so he's been out there working with them a good bit, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He has been out, but I I don't know. Maybe I they, they, everybody does things. Uh, different they've probably got a lot more obviously they have got a lot more experience in this kind of thing in their crew their team that they use I don't know if they're all in America or if they come from England if they fly them all out to set this stuff up I'm not sure and know, and know exactly what they're looking for and exactly what they're doing you know because it's easy to stand in a room and say oh this will look good here and we'll put bleachers there we'll put bleachers there and the cameras can go here but when you actually come down to doing it, sometimes those things change. You know? Right. But they're, they're sure. probably, they're not, I'm sure they know what they're doing. Well, sure. what time do you play tonight and who do you play? 
Uh, I play 8 p.m. I play, uh, I think I play a guy named Travis Salvica or something like that, maybe. Uh, I'm not sure, but um, that'll be starting it off. We'll see if we can't get off to a good start. We said 8 o'clock, because that's 8 o'clock. That's Eastern time, yeah, 8 o'clock Eastern time, yeah. And I, I don't know if you know who's who's streaming. I know somebody's streaming it. I think it's uh, AZ Billiards again, or or no? You know what? Um, Upstate Al is up here. Okay, and he does AZ Billiards. And AZ Billiards and Upstate Al. That'll be uh, where you can find the stream. I don't think they. I don't know if they're charging anything either. So it might. Uh, and this time, I think they've got. They're gonna. They have like three tables on the stream this year. That's good. Is that right? I think so. Well, somebody told me earlier. I don't know for sure, but they said that um, three tables, three, di- three different tables, are going to be on the stream. I believe. Okay, well, that's why. Yeah, I, I, I think it is Anthony Williams. Um, yeah. I know Jared Forsyth and uh, Mike Howerton's here. Yeah, I spoke to Mike Howerton. He was actually in Atlanta last week. Um, yeah. I, I saw him on Saturday, and then I called him on Monday. About something, and uh, he was he he wasn't answering, and then he called back, and I'm like, "Oh, you just got out of bed?" He's like, "No, I just landed in Atlanta, and then I'm going to be here, and then I'm going to uh, must have been going to pick up Jerry or something, or meet up with Jerry." Sure. Uh, yeah. So the yes, uh, and they don't usually do pay per view, so hey, that's good. Maybe, maybe I should have found that out too. That'd be good information. So. Yeah. All right, my friend. Get on, get on the job, man. You 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 slacking at your job, man. You got to do something a little better than that. Don't start. Don't start. Good lord. All right. Well, sounds good. Do you want to say? Uh, do you want to mention any of your sponsors real quick? Well, always uh, Scorpion Cues and Championship Billiard Fabric. I just uh, came from there yesterday from Chicago. I was there. Couple of days with championship, we were uh, we filmed a little commercial and filmed a little uh, segment. I think that'll be out. Uh, we've done some teaching and, and stuff on there, so it should be pretty fun. I think that'll be out not before too long. They'll have it out somewhere. Um, there's, a, there's a commercial for championship cloth, and you're in it. Yeah, well, it's kind of not a commercial. We filmed it. There's a lot of footage we had, so we did a lot of teaching. I think they can use it. They're going to use it for a commercial, and then uh, the rest I think they're going to put online, I think, for people to see. It's going to be a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of teaching and showing shots and stuff like that. We did a few trick shots. It was fun. Well, hopefully they're going to blow your face out of it because, you know, kids are wanting wanting to learn the game, you know, that you don't want to start them off like that, you know, frightened the freaking death. You know, so yeah. they start watching pool and then they see you, you go, oh, oh, I don't think I want to do this anymore, Mom. I'm scared. Can I sleep with you tonight, you know? Yeah. And this is coming from a guy that, that uh, if I had a pimple on my ass, it looked better than you. Yeah, that's not nice. That's not nice, Johnny. But, uh, hey, listen, well, I I appreciate your time. and uh, No problem, all, buddy. All the uh, luck up there at Turning Stone, I... Yeah, I got a feeling you're going to do well. And uh, you have yourself a good good evening. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Thanks for everybody uh, listening. Mark, we'll talk to you later, buddy. All right, man. Bye. Right. Well, that's that. That's the, uh, the Scorpion. Um, we learn a little bit about the World uh, Pool Masters if you didn't watch it. And uh, Turning Stone and the Moscone Cup. You know, it's hard when there's t- tournaments going on and everybody's doing things to uh, try and get results from something that's already happened, everybody already knows, and then there's one that is just starting that, uh, you know, it, that's all up in the air. So it's, it's tough to uh, find something that's going to uh, make sense. Um, that's it. Neil's Garage Cabinets brought you the Legends and Champions show this week. I'm Mark Kentrell. I hope uh, you guys uh, check out azbillions.com and look at their main page and see about the streaming of Turning Stone. It may be free. I don't know. I know they do a lot of free streaming, so um, 
give that a, a look and uh, see what you think. Thanks a lot, guys. We'll talk to you next week.